It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5, an APCO holding brand podcast. Powered by passion with your host, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, the National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care and APCO Holdings Company. Today, I'm being joined by Steve Apicella from Your Dealer Experience. Steve, welcome back to Fixed Ops 5. Corey, you know I'm a fan, brother. I love being here. I love what you're doing in Fixed Ops. I love who you're doing it with, your expanded team and the company you work for. You know, I'm a huge fan of that. So uh, super grateful to be here. Yeah. And this topic, you know, when it came up uh, during our meetings, I was like, this is all about Steve. So we're going to talk about exceptional service experience. How can we do it? And what are some tips that you can give us that we can implement today in our dealership, right? So before we get started into the podcast, you've been on this episode, this Fixed Ops show a number of times, but for those that haven't heard of you, which I, I find uh, is probably a slim to none, but just in case, give us a high-level overview who Steve Episella is and what do you do? So I'm the CEO for Strategic DX. Uh, DX stands for Digital Transformation. Our platform is a digital engagement platform called Your Dealer Experience, YDE for short. You'll hear people throw YDE out out there a lot. Um, And what our mantra is, is to connect the disconnected parts of the dealer, customer, and support community ownership experience together. And there's, you know, there's a lot of great intentionality out there about earning the reoccurring customer beyond the one-time transaction, but it takes leadership and process to achieve it. And we provide the process that turns those one-time transactions into a lifetime customer. And we're super focused on that. My relationship, obviously, with you for a long time now and the company that you work for is, um, you know, F&I is a significant financial cornerstone for every single dealership. In our platform, it's a cornerstone of our platform to extend F&I beyond the one-time micro moment of the F&I menu presentation and to simplify claims engagement when needed so it's not the analog anarchy, 1-800 numbers, phone queues, call wait times, manual claim processing. Among other things that we do, that's really the cornerstone of, of what our platform is. Yeah, and I, and I love the story behind it of how you came up with the idea and how you've turned it from being this one entity to being this big monster of what what you have right now with your dealer experience and how your team has built this platform out and you know we I, I love it personally I've loved it for years and I'm, I'm glad it's really getting the the light shine on it as much as it has been over the last several months so this episode here we're really going to dive into exceptional service um, so let's start with the front of the house right let's start with the sales department. What can a dealership do right now to implement exceptional service and how can they understand that they're not giving exceptional service? You know, one of the things, Corey, and again, with great respect to everybody that echoes these sentiments, um, when I hear things like, um, you know, you need to treat your employees better in order to treat your customers better, or if you want a recurring customer, you need to treat them well. Did anybody just figure that out in 2023? (laughs) You know, because my thought process is, if you're just doing that now, what the hell were you doing before? Mm -hmm. Um, And But 
one of the things I really like to focus on is I've asked this question to thousands of dealers over the past decade, which is, is it your mission to sell a car and maybe an F&I product or two or to also earn a recurring customer? And asking that question for the past decade, I've never once had anybody tell me, Steve, we're just selling cars. But if we really are self-reflective about our great industry, that's exactly what we're doing. And then we're hoping customers come back at some point. And we can keep refining the sales process, and we should. We can keep refining the fixed ops process, and we should. Continuous process improvement should always be in everybody's uh, mission plan. But until we fill the gap between the two departments, that's the vacancy. That's the missing piece. And it's driven by an architectural flaw in our great industry. Again, I say this often, tell me I'm wrong. Every dealership operates sales and service or variable and fixed ops like two separate companies under one roof. This is a problem. It's a problem for many reasons, but mostly from the fragmentation of the customer ownership experience before, during, and after the sale. Here's what, again, our great industry, and I think it's a great industry. I don't think everything's wrong, but there are some process vacancies that lend to the fact that we're not doing a good job about retaining customers into fixed ops. And those statistics are out there. Nobody has to take my word for it. Uh, Loyalty in our industry is terrible. Um, But with that said, um, every sales department throws the kitchen sink at customer acquisition, spending tens of thousands of dollars every month to acquire a customer, to sell them a car and maybe an F&I product or two, and then what? Many times it's awkward silence because when the sales team is done with their job, that's it. They go on to the next acquisition, the next customer, and then somebody tries to pick up the pieces a little bit later. So, you know, one of the first things to answer your question about the front end, and this speaks to the leadership of dealers, is if it's your intention to earn a reoccurring customer beyond the one-time transaction, the operative word there is earn. You have to earn it. And it takes leadership and process to be able to do it. So if I have a dealer and every dealer tells me this, yes, we want the reoccurring customer. I'm like, great, you and I are on the same page. How do you communicate with your customers after the vehicle sale today? And what I hear also is, I'm not sure. Uh, Let me find out. Like, shouldn't that be like how you continue the music beyond the first verse Shouldn't everybody be singing off the same page with that to know exactly how that happens, to continue that relationship? And again, intentionality, I love this word intentionality that's really become a word in the past, you know, three or four years. Intentionality is not enough. You could want the reoccurring customer, but you have to earn them every step of the way. And that starts with when you sell a customer a car, how do you communicate with them after the vehicle sale? Dealerships know four ways to do that currently. Um, and again, I ask everybody who's listening to this, Corey, I ask you, think about rhetorically how you respond to these kind of communications. Junk email. Delete. Delete, right? Phone solicitations. Don't answer it. Don't answer. The biggest misperception in our industry Text messaging. Corey, if you and I are buddies, I'm on your contact list, you're on mine. We're friends, family, whatever. Text messaging is great. But what happens when you receive a random text message? 
I look and see if it's important and then I delete it. You know, and that, <laughs> even on like an iPhone, it says, do you want to delete it or delete and report junk? Yeah, that's probably report junk. Because it's an annoyance, right? Mm -hmm. And then the fourth way that still exists in our industry today, which is unbelievable, is postal mail. Yeah. Think about that. Like, you know, we don't even get our bills in the mail anymore. Those are electronic. What do we get in the mail? I get a bunch of junk. Uh, junk mail. That's where the term came from. 90% right? of it gets thrown in the trash. So if we're trying in the few instances that we actually try to communicate with maybe like a BDC department trying to connect people to service, if we're using those methods of communication, are we really communicating with the customers at all? And this is that this is that void in between. How do we connect? And when I think about F&I, again, I just talked about the architectural challenge with a dealer. What about the architectural challenge of this great segment we call F&I that you and I both support? Critically financial, critical financial work center for every dealership. The company you work for is a major contributor to that financial reality. Very, very important role that they play. The agents that support that play an important role. But here's the architecture of F&I as it is today. Again, tell me I'm wrong. F&I is the world's greatest secret until the customer enters whatever the dealer's F&I environment is during a two or three hour car buying process at the end of that process. Yeah. We show that customer, doesn't matter the number of products, but four, five, six, seven, eight products for the first time during that exhausting car buying process and then expect the customer to make a decision right now or never thereafter. That's the architecture of F&I, like it or not. So and that's a process limitation because of this. Now, I want to be clear about this before we jump forward. I'm not a proponent of stopping the F&I menu presentation. Of course not. There's a lot of revenue earned there. But should all of the revenue and relationship value of F&I reside there alone? How many customers leave a car buying process and an F&I experience having purchased not everything they would have otherwise purchased or purchased nothing at all simply because... They couldn't make a decision in that micro moment. Think about this billion, multi-billion dollar segment that's left up to this tiny little moment. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's 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 hard to put uh, somebody into that buying spot, right? And as as a pressure cooker, and say you need to buy right now, right? So, giving the customer exceptional service. If I hear you correctly, I think your big thing is leadership team, take a look at your buying experience from the customer's point of view, walking in, not knowing what you know, right. And going through that process, how do they communicate to you after the sale? If your intention, if your intention is truly to earn a recurring customer beyond the one-time transaction, if you really just want the one-time transaction, then keep doing what you're doing. It's working. Right. If you want the reoccurring customer leadership and process beyond intentionality is required. And you can't have one or the other. You can't have process without leadership and you can't have leadership without process. You have to have both in order to make what we're talking about a true reality. And again, you know, Corey, it, I, I challenge because I care about this topic so much. Our industry thinks it's in the relationship business. It's in the trans. Talk to you know. Ask ask a dealer that they'll say relationship business. Ask a customer that they're in the one time transaction business. Yeah, customers vacate dealers immediately after the sale. Yeah. 
And every dealership, think about this intentionality thing, right? I want the reoccurring customer beyond a one-time transaction. How many dealerships have a why buy here value proposition? The answer is every single one. How many of them have a why return here value proposition that's communicated effectively? No. That's missing, brother. Yeah. Right. Again, we can treat customers kindly. We can provide exceptional customer service, but if we don't give them a reason to come back, it's ridiculous. Think about again the segment that a lot of people that are watching support here, the segment that your company champions is think about F&I service when needed. Customer comes back organically, many times unannounced, right? And they come back to the dealer's service drive, which is a good thing. And then when they get there, they declare, hey, I bought my car here and I bought some protection products. I need service support. And the service advisor, it's not their fault, they're ill-equipped, goes, takes a deep breath and says, okay, what products did you buy from us? <laughs> because they don't know. Isn't that a shame? Mm -hmm. That the service advisor supporting that customer on this lifetime journey, when they come in to get product support from a product they purchased from their F&I department, the service advisor doesn't know. So what the service advisor has to do today is either ask questions like, what contracts did you buy from us? Because it's not in the DMS platform. And even if an administrator has an, uh, a login where they can type it in, how many dealerships have more than one F&I provider powering their F&I environment? All of them. This is a reality, right? So we need to unify that as part of what our company does. So you don't have to ask the customer, what products did you buy from us? What was it called? Do you have a copy of it with you? Customers, when you say that, it doesn't matter if they're thinking it or saying it, it's equally as damaging, which is time out. I bought this from you. Don't you know? Yeah. And they should, right? And our industry should empower that moment where you say, no, let me scan the VIN barcode. Let me show you all the products you purchased through multiple administrators so we can find the pathway that doesn't lead to a 1-800 number and phone queues and call hold wait times and manual claim processing. It's 2023. <laughs> that leads to a simplified digital engagement. That's a good experience for the customer and for the dealer, right? If we're really talking about intentionality and making this experience better, because the way you get your dealer experience, your personal dealer experience, it's your employee experience plus your customer experience. And that is what is your dealer experience. It's the sum of the two. And we have to empower our employees. Of course, we need to treat them well. Who just figured that out, right? That's right. ridiculous. In order to treat our customers well, but we have to have the processes and leadership in place so that we truly let this relationship form over the lifetime of the company. And when we go back to the communications, you have your smartphone with you here, Corey, right now? I do, yep. Yeah, not only is it with you, it's likely sitting right in front of you. Yes, Tell me is. I'm wrong, right? You are correct. The same sir. is true for everybody else. But what we do in our platform is push notifications, right? Not everybody knows what that is by name, but we know what it is by action. Notifications are like you missed a phone call, you missed a text message. You have the ESPN app on your phone. You get a notification about the college sports scores. You have weather bug on your phone. This is the most highly engaged method of communication in order to really connect with people, let them know who's trying to contact them, give them an enriched message 
that leads to a stylized message that leads to an actionable task right on your customer's smartphone. But then let that lead to things like capturing missed F&I revenue. Let that lead to things like here are the contracts you did buy. And here's a digital pathway to learn about them and engage service when needed easily in the palm of your hand. And what I love about this is an educated customer does not make a bad customer. This is old school thinking like, Steve, wait a minute, time out. If we make this so easy for a customer to access their F&I products, our claim frequency and severity is going to go through the roof. And the truth is that's never happened. I've been doing this for a decade. And here's the easiest way to explain it. With great technology and great user experience and great engagement, modern engagement, can I make a mechanical failure happen? Nope. No. I, can I make a total loss occur? Nope. nope. I can make it a lot better for the dealer and their customer and the administrator to engage, but I can't make the event occur. No, um, when the, when the event when the event does occur that's the that's the downfall of of that customer service is that they get long wait times they get told a one word answer that it's not covered right so that puts a poor taste in their mouth saying well i'm never going to go through this hurt again meaning when i get my next vehicle and yeah, think, think about the think about the seeds you're not planting hmm. on the next go around where somebody's offered F&I products and are like, nope, I've done that before. No, thanks. You know, you got me the last time. You're not going to get me this time. We have to, again, these touch points, the lifetime customers earned at every single touch point. There is no chance for failure. We have to execute in a way that goes beyond the customer's expectation if we want them to truly be a customer for life. And that customer for life, by the way, means beyond this vehicle, beyond this product. That's a oh. customer for life. Hundred percent. Right? You got to so earn that every step of the way. So now we 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 talk about we've talked about sales, right? And you brought it up that the dealership runs the company as separate entities, right? Every single dealer I've ever interacted with, and we're in over four thousand dealers now, and uh, every single one. That really needs to stop if you want to retain and give that customer exceptional service and give them that experience that they know what to expect because they understand what they did, what they went through in sales. If I'm a customer and I've been educated by the salesperson, we've narrowed it down to this one particular car. Uh, I've learned all about the F&I products before I purchase. Now I know which ones I want to, I want to purchase. I know what I'm budgeting for. I have an idea of what my Imagine, imagine this, be. Corey, beyond intentionality, recurring customer beyond a one-time transaction. Imagine at the conclusion of the F&I menu presentation, when all the products are shown, customers made their decision to buy or not buy or whatever level of coverage. And after it, the F&I manager says to the customer, hey, we believe in these products so much from APCO or whoever the company is that we made them accessible on your smartphone. Scan this QR code, download our dealer branded app that has access to all the products that you purchase today. By the way, we know a lot happens in a short amount of time. There's still some products here you might find some value in. So in that same application are all the products you didn't buy to give you an opportunity to look at them again and to buy them. Our success rate with this is customers are buying a lot of service contracts after the point of sale, not two months down the road, not two years down the road, but within the first two weeks of the customer's ownership experience. Does the customer want to protect their vehicle? You bet they do, right? Especially in that honeymoon stage. They want, this is where they spend the most amount of money. 
But we tell customers, if you don't buy it right now, it's not available to you anytime thereafter. And then something that I know you're passionate about, service advisors. Why is it that in our industry, service advisors are terrible about selling F&I products? It's not because they're terrible salespeople. They're interacting with customers on their service drive. It's a great time to follow up. But the problem is this. How can I, as a service advisor, sell a customer something they don't have if I don't know what they already have. Right. That's a pro that's a that's another process problem. And then are we putting in the hands of the customer, like the service advisor, a pathway to show those products, let a customer learn about it with full disclosure, and then even purchase it right on a smart device or finance it over time? We have to give the service advisors the awareness of what the customer already purchased to solve claim problems when they occur. So they're not in the dark like they are now, but also to illuminate to the customer what they didn't buy and how they can execute that to enhance their ownership experience. It's not intentionality. Everybody wants more F&I revenue. It's leadership and process that needs to occur to capture that. So how do we bring the walls down to go into the to the next room from sales until ser into service? Yeah, you know, so even again, I say this with, with immense respect because you're filling a void out there with fixed ops training, right? Should these things be supported in silos? Because the same values a dealer should have on the front end should be the same values that they have on the back end, right? And all these great things you talk about, how you greet customers, how you engage customers, the tools that you give your employees, the tools that you give to your customers, should they be inconsistent between, you know, before, during, and after the vehicle sale? Why? Right? So, I, you know, one thing before we leave each other that I want to talk about that everybody can relate to, and it, there's a direct correlation whether people like it or not, is Amazon. I talk about this all the time because everybody understands Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. um, Amazon is a, depending on the day, plus or minus just a little bit, a trillion-dollar company, why are they a trillion-dollar valued company? It's not because they can sell something one time. That's not their recipe for success. Their recipes for success is how they engage their customers in a desired way and a consistent way before, during, and after the sale of whatever it is that you purchased. Think about this. Is there any easier way in anybody in retail, and automotive retail is part of retail, is there anybody who's got a better return process than Amazon? Not that I can think of. It's no. slick, right? It's so simple to do. And what they do is they made it so simple. You don't even have to package the stuff up anymore. No. Drop it off at UPS or one of the authorized drop-off locations or ship it back if you choose to. And they trust you so much. They're going to give you your money back the moment the shipper has it without yeah. them even checking it. Right. Now, why do they want to give you your money back so quickly? Because I'll they go back on Amazon and buy some more stuff. Spend it again. <laughs> and what's cool about this, this was reported a couple of years ago, but as of like 2018, 2019, it was before the pandemic, Amazon's no longer an automotive retail, pay attention to this, F&I, pay attention to this. Amazon's no longer the cheapest resource online. It doesn't matter. The experience is so good before, during, and after the sale and consistent where people rely on it and they're not shopping anywhere else. They're going right back to Amazon. They're not comparison shopping. They're buying it because the experience is worth whatever Amazon is charging. Right now, Amazon is in the middle, as you guys know from last month, 
in the middle of raising their prices. And I'm okay with it. And nobody cares. <laughs> like they're I'm okay, okay right? Um, they're trying to get people to save by, you know, like if you've got the the at home, like what do they call it? Amazon key where they can put stuff, drop it off in your garage. They're trying to get people to consolidate deliveries. I'm a great example of that. I have an Amazon box on my doorstep every single day. Is it, Can I wait an extra day and have it all consolidated so they ship it all at one time? Yep. Why not, right? It's better for everybody, I think, ultimately. And I can wait an extra day. But this is the point of it is that the experience is so good and so refined, but so consistent. So you have fixed ops training. You focus on principles there. Somebody else has F&I training. Somebody else has sales training. Why are these things different if we really want to have one unified experience before, during, and after the sale? They should, it should be very be similar. Thing. Yeah, or we should be working together to make sure that messaging and that delivery and that process and that leadership is consistent throughout the entire ownership experience if we desire anything more than a one-time transaction. And customers, do you think they feel the current fragmentation? You bet they do. When a car sale is over after the continuous pursuit to get them as a customer and a three-hour you know, process that happens and then awkward silence. That makes it crystal clear that the transaction and therefore the relationship is over. Even yeah. with digital retailing, think about the modernization of digital retailing. When does digital retailing abruptly end? With the sale of the vehicle. It's gone. So even yeah. if you engage digitally with the dealer, that process is over. And that speaks volumes to the customers. Like, okay, you did your job. You sold me a car. I bought a car. Like it or not, it's That's over. It. Yeah, it's over. Right. And, and then, then we're, we're trying to claw people back in fixed ops, which, again, we should keep refining fixed ops. Of course, we got to bridge the gap in between sales and service with one consistent experience that defines your dealer experience. So we're, we're right up against the time, Steve. But before we get into the lightning round here, uh, what's the best piece of advice someone has given you? Act, you know, act on your intentionality. Um, and don't let the naysayers tell you it can't be done. I mean, you know, what's funny for most of us that are in the classification of innovators is everything I touch at one point, somebody told me that we successfully do today. Somebody told me you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, and for, for most of us, that's fuel for the fire. I love it. Yeah. And how can everybody, uh, get in touch with you? LinkedIn is a simple way to do it. Steven Apicella or Strategic DX. Um, we, our website, we get a lot of traffic at strategic-dx.com. Either one of those is a, a good way to start the conversation. All right. And what are your three takeaways from this episode in your mind that someone in leadership at the dealership can really take away and implement into their establishment right now? The, the biggest takeaway is what you're doing, Corey, which is cast a spotlight on it. Talk about it, right? If you want a recurring customer beyond the one-time transaction, if you want fixed ops to really capture all the things that fixed ops is great at and what they're capable of doing, we've got to fill this gap in between sales and service and make one consistent thing. And that starts with more than intentionality. It talks about, like you've brought up a few times here, not just what you want to do, but how are you going to do that? How are you going to accomplish that? And I will say this too. It's another bit of advice. This goes back to my dad who's long past, but I honor him every time I say it, um, is 
you're either a part of the solution or you're part of the problem. And there is no in between. Nope. You choose and you're one or the other. Every one of us has the opportunity to make that choice. Uh, and you choose. And the other thing, you know, my, my dad said, which I really appreciate is when we look at things, we have to look at things 360. He didn't coin this phrase, but it's something that stuck with me 53 years old now. It's in my brain every day is a good deal is only a good deal once good for everybody. So you always have to look at it when you're thinking about these things, not just through your perspective, but the people you interact with. In my world, I interact with third-party administrators, agencies, dealers, customers, technicians, uh, service drives, you know, everything across the board. So everything we touch, we have to look at it from somebody else's perspective to make sure that we're providing the right result. I love that. If you want to deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps the customer coming back to you and encouraging them to invite their family and their friends into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. You want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level of customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership. We provide the tools, knowledge, and training needed to unlock that potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and others, order, submit a question, or to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email at csmith at apcoholdings.com. Steve, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode and beating the drum of exceptional customer service. And I'm going to ask this last question like I ask every guest. Will you please come back? Absolutely. I appreciate you so much, Corey. Thank you. Thank you for listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith. Powered by Pasha, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. New episodes released on the 5th and 20th of every month.